Emanuela Orlandi disappeared on June 22, 1983. Emanuela was the child of a Vatican employee, and she and her family lived in the Vatican. She has never been found. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Hey everybody, welcome to the True Crime Squad. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie. Hello. How's it going? Oh, it's going. It's, well, it is going. It, I mean, it's wintry <laughs> and mm-hmm. cold and blustery. It's definitely November. Yeah. And I'm here for it, honestly. Me good. too. I'm so ready. I'm also really impressed with my little chihuahuas, because my puppies. Mm. They do not mind the snow and they don't mind going outside. And this is the first time I've had chihuahuas and I've had several chihuahuas over the years mm-hmm. that actually uh, are willing to go outside when it's cold, you know? Wow. And these guys are in and out of the doggy door a thousand times a day, in and out and in and out and in and out. And I'm amazed. Mm-hmm. Even when we had some snow last week, they were pl- out playing in it. So um, it's giving me hope. <laughs> yes, that is really good. Because gosh, yeah. my little dogs. You have to open the door for them and then they look for a minute like and sometimes they're like hello and they go back to the couch and other times they're yeah <laughs> we still have snow you guys lost all your snow we didn't mm-hmm. we still have snow wow um you know and i'm sure we'll be getting some more but yeah i agree i was ready for the change and ready yeah. for the winter weather so i'm enjoying yeah. it also, hearing from my kids, it sounds like all of them will be home for about a week over Thanksgiving. So, um, yeah, I'm yay! Kidding. And also, pray for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you better stock that fridge. My God, it'll be total chaos. It's great. I'm gonna love it. It's yeah, just, it is. Go from being empty nesters where this house is pretty quiet most of the time. Yeah. Um, to having a house full, it's definitely um an adjustment on your nerves. Yeah, I would imagine. Because, yeah, because uh, your kids are loud. <laughs> oh, my God. They're so loud and chaotic, yeah. you know, and, and I love every second of it. But uh, there is a part of me that just needs to retreat to my office and shut the door for a minute. Right. Like, and oh immediately God, someone will definitely barge in here and go, what you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, but I don't get this very often to have all three of them under the same roof. So I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm already thinking about hmm, probably need to go to Costco and go crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pick up some serious food to feed those three. Mm-hmm. 
no doubt. Yeah. Well, this is our Tuesday episode, and I know, Katie, you are going to kick it off for us with some WTF news. Yes. All righty. Well, you probably recognize, get a picture here, this gelatinous glob of mucus. Jar of angry mayonnaise. I don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As Alex Jones. And you probably already know who Alex Jones is. He is the owner of InfoWars. He is the man who has spent the last decade trying to claim that the Sandy Hook massacre didn't happen, that it was just a government hoax to try to get rid of more gun rights, that crisis the actors. yes, the children never existed, the parents were just crisis actors, uh, including some members of law enforcement. Uh, he mm-hmm. really has laid it on thick, and his words so have created an unbelievable amount of hardship for these families who already had a child or teacher murdered who already have gone through one of the most unthinkable things to ever, you could even ever imagine classrooms full of kindergartners massacred. I mean, I, the horror of it is so unbelievable. And then to have the cruelty of this on top of it and his words, because the people who listen to Alex Jones uh, tend to be, uh, I think probably fairly unstable and willing to believe anything and they have taken those words and used that as an opportunity to harass these families relentlessly to consistently remind them that their children didn't exist that uh, this isn't real to send death threats to make it impossible for them to work the things that have happened because of Jones and the fact that he's continued to keep these words going long after the fact and continue to say this stuff, well, it's costing him big. So as you know, he's already been in court uh, twice and now three times this year uh, in being sued in civil court by these families because they've had enough. And also by one uh, law enforcement agent who also uh, has received an unbelievable amount of uh, harassment and already he has been ordered to pay nearly a billion dollars in damages well a judge decided last week that that's we're going to go a little further so on the 11th a judge uh has ordered him to pay an additional 473 million dollars in punitive damages which brings his culpability up now to $1.44 billion. That's unbelievable. This judge also froze his assets so that uh, Good. he will be unable to transfer any of that money out of the country. He already declared bankruptcy or tried to declare bankruptcy earlier this year, trying to uh, separate himself from his business in a way that, well, I mean, the business is gone bankrupt and I wasn't me it was the business Mm -hmm. and the judge said no you are the business um yeah Alex is going to be lucky to have his underpants by the time this is over no one wants those for sure but uh yeah he's he is getting his comeuppance hardcore and I am here for it absolutely here for it 
And while we're at it, let's just reiterate. Sandy Hook did happen. Yes. Those children are real. Their parents are real. The law enforcement involved are real. This is not some kind of government hoax. And the idea of that is absolutely ridiculous. It is. It's been used to claim the same shit about lots of other school shootings, mm-hmm. like Parkland yeah. and, and others. And it's just so gross. Like, what is the matter with you people? Mm-hmm. My God. Yep. People even started that after Uvalde. Horrifying. Just because you say it does not make it true. But Mm -hmm. we see this in certain men, and I'm going to just say it white men, Mm -hmm. come at me. I don't care. Mm -hmm. That they seem to carry some kind of really toxic trait that because they say it, that just makes it true. Oh, yeah. And I've seen this on, yeah, on multiple stages with men. That uh, thinks that just because that they believe this is the way it is, that just makes it true, and they have every right to say it. Well, you don't. Nope. And and let's not even get into free speech because free right. speech protects you from consequences from the government for speaking up against the government. It mm-hmm. does not free you from consequences of being a dumb fucking asshole. That's right. There are consequences for your actions. You might be mm-hmm. able to say the words, but. It does not mean there won't be consequences. Yep. Not at all. So there you have it. So, Alex, I hope you have the day you deserve. Uh, yeah. Me and as with well. With that, I'm going to kick the mic back over to you for our main case. Yes. So the story I'm going to tell you today is not a new story, and it's not even a breaking news story, even though I used that segment because I didn't have something else to call this. Uh, this is an old case, a very old case. This is from 1983. This wow. is the story of the Vatican girl. Okay. And I have to tell you that I did not know this story. This was new to me. Um, there's a there's a documentary um, on Netflix that came out in 19 or 2019, I think, that is very good, very helpful at telling this story. But this is a story that needs to be told um, because this story is still an unsolved kidnapping um and you'll see why i use my air quotes in that in a minute so this is the story of the disappearance of emanuela orlandi emanuela was 15 years old and she lived at the vatican now i didn't know that people can live at the vatican mm-hmm. um oh darn oh there it is okay this is manuela so Emanuela was in high school. She went to a high school in Rome and she was on a break. They weren't, school wasn't in session at this time, but she played the flute and she was taking flute lessons. Okay. So she went three days a week to this music conservatory to take her flute lessons. Okay. So on the day that she went missing, she asked for a ride to her flute lesson, but couldn't get it. Somebody wasn't able to. So she had to take a bus. It's kind of a bus, you know, just coming from the Vatican out into Rome, which are actually literally different countries. If you don't know, Vatican City is basically Mm -hmm. its own country within Mm -hmm. Rome. So they have their own police, their own government, basically, which is their own laws. Yeah. 
And that's where some of this is interesting as well. So Emanuela goes to meet before her flute lesson. She is said to have been meeting a woman who wanted to hire her to sell Avon. Avon Mm -hmm. Cosmetics. And then she went to her flute lesson. She did see a friend of hers that day. Um, A a friend of hers saw her at a bus stop Mm -hmm. and says they saw her get into a black BMW vehicle. She She has never been seen again since that moment. Oh, boy. So at one point that day, she called home to tell them she was going to be getting home late because she had started working for this woman who was paying her to sell Avon. So somewhere she had been contacted about this Avon thing. She met up with somebody, she went to her flute lesson, then she supposedly gets into a car and disappears. Um, You know, her family, of course, is frantic. They report her missing almost immediately. The police give it some time, as they're known to do. What if Mm -hmm. she's just with friends, you know? They did actually start looking for her on the day that she went missing, but they waited a few hours, mm-hmm. which she's a 15 year old child. You shouldn't have waited one second. Right. And, you know, best case scenario, you find her hanging out with her friends and it's all OK. Right. But but this is an ongoing conversation from time immemorial about missing teenage right. girls. So the way that this is handled by the Vatican police is strange. All of mm-hmm. it is strange. Um. Let me tell you some of the things that happened because none of it really makes any sense. So at about, so this is June 22nd. So on June 25th, a young male who said that he was a 16 year old boy named Pierre Luigi called um, Manuela's family and said that they talked to her, that they saw her meeting in uh, Piazza Navona in Rome. They described her hair, her flute, and her glasses. So they did seem to know what she looked like. And they mm-hmm. said that she had just had a haircut and introduced herself as Barbarella. She, he said that she told them that she had just run away from home and was going to sell Avon. This phone call just comes out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. So, and this is what keeps happening are these phone calls that keep coming to uh, Emanuela's family. So then on the 28th of June, so three days after that, a man, and you will, the irony of this is hilarious in a weird way. First man was Pierre Luigi. Second man, Mario. <laughs> if you know anything about, you know, Nintendo, <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny, those two names. Anyway, he says he owns a bar near uh, Pont Vittorio. Mm-hmm. And this is a bar between the Vatican and the music school. And he says that he has a new customer and it's a girl named Barbara. And that she told him that she was a fugitive. Um, and she was on the run, but that she was going to return home for her sister's wedding. From the get-go, these stories are weird. They're difficult to confirm. 
the police are still just not really doing anything. So the family plaster Rome with missing persons posters sure. about, right? So her picture is everywhere. They want everybody to know that she's yeah. missing. And then a very strange thing happens. On July 3rd, Pope John Paul II addresses Vatican City. You know how he would come out, stand in a window and speak, right? Mm-hmm. I've seen the videos of it lots of yeah. times. While he's speaking, he does something very strange. He addresses Emanuela's disappearance. This is not something the Pope would normally ever speak about. Mm-hmm. He makes up an appeal to whoever is responsible for her kidnapping. Now, this is the first time it's ever been called a kidnapping, and it's coming from the Pope, right? Yeah. So he makes this plea that the kidnappers please return her home to her family. And he appears to be speaking to a group of people. To someone. Yeah. Someone, right? And immediately people are like, how does the Pope know about this? Why does the Pope know about this? Uh You know? So then... A couple of days after that, the Orlandi family start receiving more of these weird phone calls. Uh So they get these phone calls that Emanuela has been kidnapped and is a prisoner of a terrorist group because they are trying to use her as leverage to get uh, Mehmet Ali Akwa released. Now, Mehmet Ali Akwa is the Turkish guy that shot John Paul II, Pope, Pope John Paul II, in May of 1981. If you remember... He was shot while he was in a crowd of people. He was actually shot, He, but uh-huh. he lived. And uh, Mehmet Ali Aqua is the guy that shot him. And so uh-huh. he's in prison in the Vatican. Uh-huh. And so it's basically what they're telling her family is that she's being held hostage in order to force his release. Hmm. Would explain why the ho- Pope uh, knew she was uh, kidnapped. Right, right. Um, they didn't give any other information, mm-hmm. but they skip um, more calls. Uh, one from someone they call the American because it sounds like he has an American accent. Who plays them a recording of Emanuela's voice over the phone, supposedly as proof of life. Whoa. Yeah. What a nightmare um, for this family. Right. I mean, they're absolutely terrified. They, what the hell is going on here? And there's just, there continue to be reported sightings of Emanuela around the city. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if there are this many sightings of her, because there were quite a few reported, where is she? Why are people yeah. seeing her? And are people seeing her? You know? Mm-hmm. So, the, somebody also calls the Vatican itself and makes the same demand to let uh, Mehmet Aliakwa out of prison or they're going to kill her. They're going to kill Emanuela. So also the man that makes the call mentions Mario and Pierre Luigi and those earlier phone calls. And they're all members of the organization. So when those calls were made, they were made like they were just random people like, hey, I saw your daughter's missing. I saw her, blah, blah, blah. Right now, this person implies that they're all part of an organization, which and they just... couldn't have known their names, right? That wasn't in the news. Ooh, 
weird. It's weird. It's weird. Yes. It, it, you know, it, because initially <clears throat> these sightings were supposed to be just random. Well, clearly right. they're not if this person yeah. knows the names of these callers. Um, so then on the 6th of July, um, another man with an American accent calls a local news agency mm-hmm. and tells them the demand for the exchange for Aqua or Orlandi will be killed. Mm-hmm. They're asking for the Pope to participate. Now, remember, this is after the Pope has already mentioned this, right? Right. And they give him they give them 20 days. Mm-hmm. They also say that they're going to leave a basket with some items in it in a public square to prove that they do have Emanuela. Mm-hmm. So they were photocopies of the sheet music that she, she had been playing and her, and her school music identity card, um, a receipt mm-hmm. for her tuition. Which I don't know how they got that. And a, and a handwritten note that was supposedly written by Emanuela. Oh, boy. So. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. Another phone call is made to one of Emanuela's classmates saying that he has her and they have 20 days to make the exchange with Aqua. Um, and they want a direct telephone line to the Secretary of State, whose name is Agostino Casaroli. So they install a line just for this person uh-huh. to call the Secretary of State. They also direct Emanuela's family to make a public statement and tell the anonymous phone callers to stop calling them, but to call their attorney instead. Not the police. Right. An attorney. And that does happen. Yeah. So just lots of weird, like, why are the police not handling this themselves directly kind of questions. Um, A total of 16 phone calls were made from Pub, different public phone booths by this man who's supposedly the American. Uh-huh. Um, at one point, there's been a man who has been uh, stating that he is, in fact, the American, and that's been disproven. Uh-huh. So we don't know who the hell that guy was. Uh-huh. Um, and basically, that's just the end of it. They don't release Aqua. They don't find Emanuela. Her case just sort of disappears. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's insane. Like, they don't release the guy. Uh Also, if they killed her, they didn't say where she is or 
where her body is or anything. It just all goes cold after a while. Oh, that's so terrible. So it's just horrible for her family. Yeah. Her parents are now dead. Mm -hmm. And so then there have been a bunch of like, they find bones somewhere and everyone immediately thinks it must be Mm -hmm. Um, In May of 2001, um, there was a human skull discovered and they immediately thought it was Emanuela. Uh, it definitely wasn't. Um, it, we don't even know for sure. Like, there's so much information that's held by the Vatican mm-hmm. about this case that we don't know. But here are some of the theories. Hmm. So one is that that was really true. That 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 there were people. They they think it's um, Bulgarian agents of the Gray Wolves, which is a Turkish ultra national youth group. Wow. And Aqua was a member. And so it's possible that maybe that really was legit, that they were really trying to get him out. Mm -hmm. But again, we don't know because they never released him. Wow. And they never um, found her body. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) One judge based on what he had kind of found out about the gray wolves said that Orlandi was taken to Paris and just lived there for a long time in the Muslim community. She didn't make any sense at all. She wasn't a Muslim. Right. And she was a child when she was taken and you know, like she was 15. You're not going right. to brainwash her life out of her at 15. No. So another theory. So, Around the time that she went missing, there was kind of a big money laundering scandal that had gone on with the Italian mafia and the Vatican Bank. So it was discovered that the Italian mafia was taking money out of their bank in Rome, transferring it to the Vatican Bank, adding more money to it, and then transferring it back to the bank in Rome. Because, you know, there are, there are reporting laws to protect against money laundering, right? Uh-huh. Well, guess who doesn't comply with those uh, reporting laws or didn't at the time? Yeah. Vatican Bank. So uh-huh. you could put money that came from anywhere into the Vatican Bank and you didn't have to prove where it had come from. You didn't have to prove its legitimacy. Uh-huh. So there were some thoughts that um, she was kidnapped as a as a way to try to these gangsters out of trouble sure um there was a rumor for a while that she was actually buried in the tomb of a well-known italian gangster called enrico uh, de pettis oh they actually opened his tomb and took some dna and stuff um no evidence that she was there mm-hmm. although um an old girlfriend of de pettis uh had has reported that she believes that he did kidnap her Mm. but they never found any evidence of that. Interesting. Okay. And then there is a um, an 85-year-old ex- exorcist named Father Gabriel Amorth <laughs> Okay. <laughs> said that she was kidnapped by a member of the Vatican police for sex parties. So she was trafficked and then murdered. 
And he also said that there were some foreign embassies involved in that. That seems the least likely. Well, yeah, except that. So in the documentary, they interview a, a friend of Emanuela's, someone that was good friends with her at the time that she disappeared. And she said that one day Emanuela called her really upset and said, I need mm-hmm. to talk to you. I need to tell you something. So they meet up. And this is like two or three days before she goes missing or it's just very shortly before. Mm-hmm. She tells her, Emanuela tells her friend that she was walking in the Vatican gardens because these kids that lived in the Vatican, they basically just had the run of the place. They had the gardens mm-hmm. like they, you know, they just lived there. And so they yeah. played outside in the gardens and stuff. She, Emanuela tells her friend, according to the friend, mm-hmm. that she had been walking in the Vatican gardens and that um, she had been bothered mm-hmm. by someone who was very close to Pope John Paul II. Bothered was a term that meant uh, sexually harassed, right. attacked, something, mm-hmm. some kind of sexual pass made Right. Her, right. The friend has never told anyone because mm-hmm. she was absolutely terrified because then just a few days later, mm-hmm. Emanuela disappears and is yeah. never found. So yeah. she had never told anybody that until this documentary, because yeah. she has lived in fear her whole life that yeah. she knew something that might get her killed that probably got her friend killed. Mm-hmm. Um, something I didn't know that was released in this documentary is that in all of the sex- sexual abuse allegations and all of that that's gone on in the Catholic Church, that has never happened to anyone within the Vatican. No priests within the Vatican or church officials within the Vatican have ever been publicly accused uh-huh. of molesting children. Wow. And so there's this, this is the other theory uh-huh. is that she was bothered by someone who was close uh-huh. to the Pope. And because she was telling people about that, she was made to go away. Uh, and we don't know if that's true, but honestly, that rings more true to me than these other stories. It does, yeah. You know, the, the, the implication here is that the Vatican knew the entire time uh-huh. and that these other stories were made up um, in order to be subterfuge for the police and uh-huh. also really mostly for her parents. because For her God, family, yeah. The police absolutely knew yeah. what happened. Whoa. This is the only unsolved missing persons case that has ever existed in the Vatican. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and sorry, this, this documentary didn't come out in 2019. It was a different one. This documentary just came out in October of 2022. Okay. Um, it's very interesting. It's called Vatican Girl, the Disappearance of Emmanuel Orlandi. I recommend it very much because it is, they do a great job um, of covering all of this information. There's more information uh-huh. than I've even given you because it's a, it's a big story. The bottom line is Emanuela has still never been found. Yeah. They have dug up uh, tombs before that they thought might have her in them. Yeah, never found her. There've been there've been quite a few wow. incidences of that. Mm-hmm. Of some tip comes in somewhere that she was buried in this tomb or that tomb. There was these this princess and duch- duchess that are married that were buried in a Vatican cemetery. 
Yeah. We thought she was buried in their tomb. They actually dug those tombs up. They didn't even find the princess and the uh, duchess in there. There were no bodies in those tombs. <laughs> well, uh, which what? was a little concerning. Also. Where are they? Whoa. But it's just like there's always another story, always another direction, always mm-hmm. another take it this way, take it that way. Yeah. It's I think it's all misdirection. All of it. Yeah. Whatever really wow. happened to her, I doubt we ever know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, did Pope John Paul II actually know what happened to this young girl? Sure Certainly makes you wonder. Questions. And, and there was sorry if I'm not really, you know trusting members of the Vatican or the Catholic Church when it comes to harming children. Right. So I wanted to share this story because it's very, it's interesting, but it's also terrifying Uh the way that girls and women Uh are used as pawns in stories like this. Definitely. And for Emmanuel's parents, I mean, they died, never knowing what happened to their daughter. Her siblings yeah. have never known what had happened to her. Her friends. It's a tremendously traumatic experience. Her poor friend that has waited until now to yeah. tell that story, which very well might actually be what yeah. happened to her. The real story. Why. Yeah. So I just wanted to share it. I found it interesting. And I think that this is, you know, you find these old stories and, and recognize that no one is still looking for Emanuela. Yeah. And so bringing her name up, bringing this story up, just, you know. Mm-hmm. It's always so good. That somebody might remember. Yeah. Somebody might remember something, you know. Yep. Absolutely. And honestly, it's been so long now that probably a lot of the players in this case are dead. You know? Likely. Yeah. I mean, Pope John Paul II's dead. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's horrifying to me. But she was somebody's victim, used yeah. in some way. And she was somebody. And she was just a And somebody's woman. child and didn't deserve any of this. And sibling, her siblings, you know, she's got yeah. siblings that still, that that were interviewed in the, um, mm-hmm. in the documentary. It just, wow. they're still absolutely horrified. Mm-hmm. And it's just heartbreaking still that they've never known what happened to their sister. Yeah. Her flute turned up at one point. Wow. And they showed it to her parents to confirm if it in fact was her flute. And they did believe that it was. Mm-hmm. But again, it was just a total dead end. Just yeah. magically her flute shows up in, in somebody's storage. You know, like there's so much yeah. attempt to misdirect in this case. Mm-hmm. It, you know, like intentional misdirection. Mm-hmm. It's just horrifying. Which so, can you imagine what that put her parents through? No, because they were the constantly phone calls or maybe a lead that wasn't a lead. I mean, mm-hmm. how many times did they get their hopes up to the point that nothing gave them hope anymore? Right. My God. They talk about in the documentary how frustrated they are with every time bones are found anywhere. Yeah. That they're called immediately. Mm-hmm. One time they found bones that were like from like 200 AD. Oh God. And the first thought was this is an Emanuela, you know, and mm-hmm. it was a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just dumb. But her family has been tormented about this her yeah. from 1983 on. Wow. And I I honestly, unless somebody really feels like they've got to come clean, I doubt we'll ever know what mm-hmm. happened to Emanuela or where her body is. 
the, there are many people who believe that she, her body is in the Vatican. Yeah. It's been there the whole time. We don't know, but all of it is sketchy. You know, none of this was handled the way that a missing child should be handled. No. Definitely her life was not valued. No. The way that it should have been. So I just wanted to tell Emmanuel's story because I think that stories like this should continue to be told. Yeah. For the sake of her and her family and yeah. and also for whoever did this to her and has gotten mm-hmm. away with it, you know? Yeah. Are there other young women who've been harmed in this same kind of situation? Have there been pedophiles in the Vatican? And if kids start speaking up, then they just disappear? Is that what's happened? Right. Are there other cases that we don't know about? You know, it, it, so many questions. Mm-hmm. But I would recommend watching the Netflix documentary. It is really good. Mm-hmm. And it definitely um, points toward specifically that the Pope had knowledge. Yeah. Well, that that certainly rings true, doesn't what it? happened to her. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a horrifying thought. Yeah. So that's what we know. And if there's okay. ever an update in this case, which I know, <laughs> I will most definitely share it with you. For sure. Yeah. All right. Well, Katie, I know you have a little bit of crime news for us. Yes. Okay. Does the name Mark David Chapman mean anything to you? Mm-hmm. It should, of course. He does, yeah. This is the man who gunned down John Lennon in 1980 on December 8th in the evening. Yeah. And he's been up for parole again. Yes. And again, and again, and again, and again. He has appeared before the parole board every two years since he has gone to prison. Wow. And why? Why does he get to? Why? Now, why every two years? That, that seems really frequent, doesn't it? Yes. He, well, every two years since he's been a... A potential every, every two years since he's been, you know, potentially able to have parole. So uh-huh. this is the twelfth time he's been in front of the parole board. Just this uh, last week, mm-hmm. and yet again, the parole board said, hmm, "Nah, he's sixty-seven now." And here's what he told the parole board. And he actually told him this in 2020 as well, Mm -hmm. uh, that the reason that he killed John Lennon is that he was tired of being a nobody. And he'd been thinking long and hard about how to not be a nobody anymore. And it had occurred to him that if he murdered someone super famous, that would definitely help him to have his name known and he wouldn't be a nobody any longer. Wow. And that is super twisted. It is, but we have seen this happen in cases of school shootings yeah. and other events where the uh, perpetrator was really enjoying the attention. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of Ethan Crumbly. Oh, yeah. You know, a school shooter out of uh, 
Michigan last year, who also has, uh, you know, been very keen to, uh, after he was arrested, he started asking the jail for his fan mail. Yes. Wanting to know. And he also idolized other school shooters. Now, I realize that uh, Chapman is not a school shooter, but by the same token, somehow in the twisted minds of some of these people, being well-known for committing crimes does something for them. Right. It's really something else. But I just wanted to report that for the 12th time, the parole board has said, no, brah, you're staying put. So... Good. I'm glad to hear that. Because... I, I hope he stays there until he dies. He doesn't deserve to get out. No. There was Definitely actually a photography or video of him having an album signed by Lennon earlier in the day. Yes. And then a few hours later came back and shot him in cold blood in front of his apartment building in New York City. And all because he wanted to be more famous or be famous, be known. Mm -hmm. to not be a nobody good god terrifying yes so as for you mark david chapman who will always sit at the top, at the top of the fos list mm -hmm. i hope you have the day you deserve absolutely well thank you for that i'm very happy to hear that he is not getting out nah because nobody me. wants that no well, you guys, we've done it. This is our Tuesday episode. We'll be back on mm -hmm. Wednesday with another episode Wednesday night with our live stream Wednesday night case updates. Please remember that if you watch an episode and the information in it seems outdated, you should probably check the date that it was uploaded mm -hmm. and then check our Wednesday night case updates because that is how we update cases. We are well aware that things have changed in many cases since they were originally reported on on our mm -hmm. channel. We seem to be being reminded of this a lot in our mm -hmm. comments, and that's why I wanted to address it. Yes, mm -hmm. we're aware. Please check the date that that was updated, and then go to our Wednesday night case update live streams to find out what happened after that. Mm -hmm. Because unless there's enough for a full episode, we just update information every Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty easy. If you search for a name, you might find the original episode. And then you might find several updates that have mm -hmm. that name in it because we've talked about it again with new information coming. Yep. So that's kind of how the internet works. It is how the internet works. And we've noticed lately that maybe some people are having a little trouble realizing that. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> this is true. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and comment. It helps us grow. Check us out on Patreon. We are True Crime Squad on Patreon. We do offer uh, bonus content for mm -hmm. our patrons. So for a nominal monthly fee, you help support what we do and you get some extra episodes. So check that out. And as always, we are the True Crime Squad. Thanks for being here. Take care. Mm -hmm.